Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. We're back again. Here we are. One thing more. Where the conversation continues. But um bum. Yes, where we continue to talk about um, the sermon from Sunday. Listen, before we get started, I wanted to let you know someone, um, one of our fans, mm-hmm. I almost said many fans, <laughs> but I'm not sure how many fans are uh, out there. But anyway, she was very concerned about your footwear last week. Oh. Because what? we had all this snow and you had sandals on. Oh. <laughs> she was like, well, why? Now. And I said, well... <laughs> What you don't know is she'd just gotten a pedicure. Exactly. You know, got to, you know, it's rough, but I just got to, you know, work through getting Well, I thought it was funny because I was like, oh, so at least we know one person watches because if you didn't watch, if you, you just listen, you right. wouldn't know that you had sandals That's on. true, yeah. <laughs> but um, today, the weather, you know, we're at that part of winter when I get fired up that it's going to be 35 or 40. Yes. I was like, whoo, I'm going to go on a long walk today. I, I don't even, I didn't, I just wore a sweater instead of a coat. Well, that's a little, <laughs> well, I would expect that from someone who wears sandals in the snow. Yeah. Well, um, we talked about humility this week as a spiritual practice mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. Which is interesting, right? Like what does it mean to be humble? You know, I, I think in my Baptist tradition, it, I sort of felt like it meant like really like becoming a doormat. And I don't think yeah. that's what it means. And they mentioned that in the sermon, yeah. being humble doesn't make you a doormat. Yeah. I always think of um, this, mo- <laughs> this movie um, called Return to Me. It was like late 90s, early 2000s, Mini Driver and David somebody was in it, the guy from X-Files. Anyway, his wife was, like, raising money for this gorilla sanctuary, and there's this character who's paid for the whole thing, mm-hmm. and they're having, like, this gala soiree, and he's walking around and telling everybody, well, you know, I, I mm-hmm. gave a huge donation. I gave a huge anonymous donation, uh-huh. but he's telling everyone. <laughs> it's anonymous. I don't want anyone to know. You know, like, I'm so humble. I don't yeah, want anyone right. to know. That's always... I think humility is hard. Like, we want to do something good. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like we talked about last week with leadership, this whole idea of, um, oh, shoot, I call it, like, toxic charity. But Shannon, I forget what Shannon called it now. Uh, what, Vainglory? Van, vainglory. Yeah. I think sometimes people try so hard to be mm-hmm. humble that they slip and go back into the yeah. vainglory. Yeah. <laughs> vainglory. I, yeah, I think humility is... A challenge. It's a spiritual practice. It definitely is a spiritual practice. I think in our American mindset, too, it's really hard because we want to push hard and let people Mm -hmm. know that we aren't um, slacking off. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always like, I always think it's funny when I used to have people say to me, oh, like, I haven't had a day off in 15 days. That was their way of trying to say... I'm so humble. I'm working so hard here. And my response always to them was, well, that seems a little reckless. Yeah. It, and it does. <laughs> like, it does. You should take a day off. You I don't should, know what to tell you. You should definitely take a day off. <laughs> yeah. And I think because in our culture, so many rewards are tied to um, hard work or success or whatever you call it that, yeah, people sort of sit on that as something good. And it isn't always good, you know. So Dave talked about the missionary um, that was in Africa, mm, and she yeah. was going over there to really dig in Change and the do world, the Lord's right? work, <laughs> and she ended up 
working for the pastor of this village whose wife was pregnant doing all the housework and nannying and all that stuff and yeah. not what she had in mind when she left no no and I immediately triggered to when Dave and I moved to to Haiti I had just we we got married in January of 2003 I graduated from Duke Divinity School in May of 2003 and we moved to Haiti in August of 2003 so I was June three barely three months out of just getting my master's of divinity when we moved to Haiti and I was making spreadsheets for the school not what you had in mind either. No, that was very <laughs> difficult for me. Dave was teaching in the classroom and <laughs> making relationships, and I was the keeper of all the birth certificates, basically, <laughs> in the community, in our room, staring at a computer screen, trying to make spreadsheets for all of this. And every day, for almost six months, I would go to this bench and sob because I was like, God, what am I doing here? Like, I came here to really... And it was your idea to go to Haiti, It was my idea to go to (laughs) Haiti. No one talked to me. I didn't know. I mean, there were a whole other reasons, but the work was really struggling, was a struggle for me, because I thought I'm so relational. I was going to say, and you're the one who's, like, out and about and meeting people. And I'm creating spreadsheets, which now I see the fruits of that labor, because up until that point, they didn't even have a class list at the school. Hmm. So... And now they obviously do all of that. But at the time, I was like that poor woman in Africa hanging up sheets and thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> Is this ministry? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was hard. But, isn't, but I remember specifically being on a, my whaling bench, as I, t- I ended up calling it, one day. And after almost six months, just sort of feeling God's presence with me and just understanding God saying, we can do this every day if you want to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or you can try and understand that I'm leading you to something. And I always tell people in that moment, that's when God sort of broke me over God's knee and was like, yeah, you're type A stuff. We're going to have to, we're going to need to get rid of that. For a little while. It's it's funny how some like something that seems really unimportant or mundane or useless, you know, leads you to a place of something really meaningful and something you can use later on. Yeah, it wasn't until I surrendered mm-hmm. to that, which they talked, you know, they talked mm-hmm. about this sort of this idea of submitting yourself to someone else or to mm-hmm. something greater than you Yeah, that yeah. I really started to enjoy the experience. Mm-hmm. But I was like, prior to that, I just felt like it was, a, you know, banging my head against the wall. And it was when I finally was like, okay, I'll try it your way, but I want to be clear, your way probably isn't going to help me. And guess what? It did. You it were becoming did. obedient, I think, when they talked about obedience. Like part yeah, but you would think going obedient. to Haiti, moving <laughs> there with your enough. new husband, I thought I'd try to check that off the box. <laughs> right. I didn't realize there was going to be more development uh-huh. once I got there. Moving there was the easy part. Was, oh, yeah. Which you, yeah. And you you know, thought that was the hard part. That was the easy part. Yeah allowing God to shape and mold and create me into this other thing, that was the really difficult part. It is. It does take some obedience and surrender. Which is hard if you typically don't enjoy authority. <clears throat> yes. Well, I wrote in my notes when they talked about obedience, I was like, whew, like that one. I don't know about that. Well, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's hard. Yeah. 
it is hard. And I think as a country, we're all struggling with that a bit right now, sure. too. Yeah. And so, you know, it's that breaking of the things inside you that grind mm -hmm. and just saying, I'm going to exhale and trust yes. that this system is going to work. And I think that is hard for all people. I think it's hard for people like us who really want to at, at, at our heart, we're advocates, and so we feel like we want to speak up for others. And mm -hmm. being told, I'm going to need you to be quiet and just work the process. Mm -hmm. It's hard. I mean, as a therapist, you're like, yeah, it's hard, but that's what I get paid to that's, do, right? And I oftentimes I just, I say thank you for trusting the process because it does work if you trust it, right? Sure, but now this conversation is <laughs> starting to make me feel uncomfortable. John, let's skip ahead to something else. <laughs> well, Producer too, John, like, can you just <laughs> skip past this part, please? Putting, you know, humility and obedience also require that you put other needs before your own. Yeah. Which is hard. Well, I think sometimes it's too. hard to put your own needs ahead of others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two, when your own needs mean you need to work on something. Oh. Yeah, that's always, yeah, that mirror is a hard thing, right? Looking in the mirror. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. See how quickly, listener, she skips right into <laughs> therapy mode? Well, maybe that's needed today. <laughs> I was just going to say, you guys were talking about humility, and there's this, like, how do I become humble? But can you look at the other side, too, of people that are so humble or what they feel like is humility, where they won't accept any appreciation for the work that they actually do. Oh, I love it when John chimes I do in. Too. Very I nice, John. It is hard for people to receive mm -hmm. and to be humble in that way. It's kind of, um, I think we're enculturated to like, not like think too highly of ourselves, not brag on yourself, not be conceited, whatever words people would use, but that is different than accepting that you did a good job, like celebrating that, um, celebrating that in someone else, but I think it is hard for some people to receive a compliment. Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, John, speaking of which, is really <laughs> awful at receiving yeah. compliments. It's no big deal. <laughs> um, I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah. But this brings up something interesting because um, I'd like to see what you guys think about this. A friend of, of mine, I have like this group chat with my high school buddies, and a friend of mine yesterday said, just out of curiosity, when you go to Starbucks and the person in front of you buys your coffee, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to buy the coffee for the person behind you mm -hmm. or what? Mm -hmm. And I said, when that happens to me, I take it as a blessing. I say thank you. And then later I'm on, I may buy someone's coffee. But if I buy the person's coffee behind me, I feel like it takes away the generosity of the moment because all I'm doing is going back. And, and one of my friends said, well, I always buy for the people behind me unless their order's $20. <laughs> but my friend said, that's so hard for me. Like, she said, I don't like, if I get a gift, I, I really struggle to not give a gift back. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what do you do at Starbucks? Um, I think I've probably done both. I think sometimes I've just been grateful, 
like just yeah. rest in the gratitude. And other times I've probably paid for the person behind me. But I like the idea of just letting the gift stand on its own and then giving a gift later yeah. to someone. I think it's somewhat of a spiritual practice to wait. Mm-hmm. Mm, for sure. Because immediately what we want to do is not accept the compliment mm-hmm. or not accept mm-hmm. or the so, gift. Yeah, sort of brush it off, right? Yeah. Oh, like, oh, like you did this morning when I like loved your sweater. And you're oh. like, oh, oh see how I we just, that's mm, an interesting callback. Like, yeah, but we did we just did that, right? I was like, oh, I, I love that sweater, Jamie. It's such a good color on you. You're like, eh, um. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually true, listener. I did say I'm not sure. If you like the sweater in the comments, if you could just let me know and like pump me up a little, that would be so great. Um, yes. Okay. Well, that's very interesting. Uh-huh. I, I just think, I mean, it's something that we're sort of like, we learn to do that. Like, you know, not accept a compliment, which I don't think is a very good thing. We should accept them. Um, okay. There was something else that Dave and that they talked about. Um, the practice of leadership goes hand in hand with the practice of humility. Mm-hmm. How does that statement make you feel? I think leaders have to always lean toward humility because as a leader, part of your responsibility is to be coaching and uplifting and helping people to grow. Um, and so I don't think you do that from a non-humble stance. You know, you can't be always the expert. Yeah. You know, you have to be listening. Um, you have to be open for critique. So I think that all those things take humility. I thought of when, you know, I played team sports all through my adolescent, high school, whatever. And I thought it, one thing is, you know, the, the, old, the saying, there's no I in team. Oh, mm-hmm. You know, like we have to be a collection. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when um, I was a pledge in college, they'd be like, how many people are in your pledge class? And we'd say 13. And the actors would be like, wrong, one. You know, like... <laughs> And at the time, I thought, this is the dumbest thing. <laughs> but I understand now a little bit more is when you are leading teams, you know, you really are only as good as your weakest person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fascinating for me to watch Margaret going through group projects in high school, which mm-hmm. she's it, that's really tough for her. Mm-hmm. Um, is it tough for you? Oh, heck no. No. No, it gave me an opportunity to delegate to others (laughs) and to really cheer them on and to take the good grade. And see, I think I'm probably more like Margaret. It gave me a chance to like be like, that is subpar work, and so let me just do it. (laughs) No, but I was always in school looking for – I was in school, I was always work smarter, not harder. Yeah, well, that's a good good philosophy. (laughs) I was the one who was always putting together the group study guides for the final and – I'm not going to answer study all 10 of those questions on my own. I'm delegating that out. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so I I think it is true. I I think the hard part when you're a leader 
and I experienced some of this in my previous job when we would have these huge events and people would be saying, oh my gosh, it was so amazing. Mm -hmm. They were kind of looking at me when I knew that all I, and a lot of times all I had was the idea. Uh -huh. And then it was sort of like the 10 people behind me that was working quickly to uh -huh. see if we couldn't really make this happen. Uh -huh. And Sometimes it's hard when you say, you know, it wasn't just me. It was really a team of it. And then they want to say, no, but you were the one. Yeah. And then you're like, no, but really, you know. I think it is important, though, what you did as a leader to say, thank you. And all of these people also were, you yeah. know, critical in, in getting it to, to this day, you know, and helping the event be what it is. So. Yeah. But there are leaders who are like, thank you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you notice there was a pause after the thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be available for comments <laughs> after the and event. You're like, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you made that happen? No, I cannot. Yeah, That's right. 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 Or, yeah, your team's in the background like, mm -hmm. uh, what? Mm-hmm. 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 Mm -hmm. Oh, John's of, uh, coming back, oh, everybody. Cool, um, I was just going to say, I think that kind of goes hand in hand with something that Kim said earlier about um, as a leader being the smart one of, I think one of my pet peeves that kind of goes along with this is um, the person who always feels like they're the smartest person in the room where, I don't know, it's always been, I'm always more impressed by people who, especially when I know they are really smart and they're a great ah. leader mm -hmm. and they're just happy to be in the room hearing what other people have to say, and they don't always have to feel like they are the smartest or project that they're the smartest, even if they might be. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, it, I, could, I get fired up when a team comes up with an idea yeah. and I don't have to really be the one who throws it out. Yeah, I would much rather work like that than to say, oh, here are my ideas, which one's the best one? I think yeah. that goes back to I'm really happy with the 10 people answering the questions on the study guide, yeah, and yeah. then I put it in the packet. Yeah, exactly. You know, or, and maybe that's part of my sales background is I have all these, like, engineers creating a product. Mm -hmm. I just want to go sell it right. when it's over um, and then take the commission <laughs> and skip all the way home, baby. <laughs> I do miss commissions. Um but that's a really good point. And sometimes I always get frustrated that the person talking the most in the meeting is probably the person who should not be talking. And it's, that can be, as a leader, that can be frustrating too. Um, and I, I think good leaders find a way to circumvent that, you know, to kind of. Um, maybe they say, I think it's time for you to go get us all coffee. And then while that person's gone, you say quickly, we need to finish up this project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so the last thing, because, um, again, we're already at our time. It's oh, so crazy, really? people. So I just want to reiterate this. The practice of, this is what Dave talked about Sunday in his sermon. Practice of leadership goes hand in hand with the practice of humility. Number one, don't feed false motives. Mm -hmm. So he gave us, um, I haven't done this yet, uh, try to go 24 hours where you try to do nothing out of selfish motivation. We'll try. I think that, I'm just thinking about it. It's, I mean, can we even do that? 
I don't know. I this morning I let someone know I was praying for them. And now I'm wondering, did I tell them I was praying for them just so they would know I was praying for them? And then they tell me I'm great. Yeah, I don't know. This is a slippery slope yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is. All right. It is. Number two, daily em- emptying of self. <clears throat> yeah, kenosis. So I, I don't, kenosis I think is a Greek word. I did not take Greek in Div school. Yeah, Dave is all about My that. New Testament preacher told me that is the same thing as malpractice as a physician. And I thought, well, I'm not going to preach. So I think I'm going to be okay. Yeah. But kenosis is we must pour out our agenda and control, mm-hmm. emptying out our bad attitudes. I mean, I think that's a great practice, like maybe even at the end of the day as you're being grateful for the day, like to em- just to try to empty yourself of all the, of all that's happened. Okay, I like that. That's another big exhale. Mm-hmm. And the third was we become obedient. Submission of self to be um, that person, no, submission of self to someone who loves you in return. Mm-hmm. So I know submission can be a triggering word for some, but I think what Dave was trying to say is it's an understanding that I submit to you and you, and we have an understanding right, that right. we're going to submit to each other. Yeah, yeah, and we, yeah, we can definitely submit to God. Yeah, and the one thing that we haven't talked about yet that I think is important is um, the inverted pyramid that Dave yes, talked about. Yes, yeah, yeah. And how when you're a leader, you need to serve, you know, that, that really servant leadership is where you need to be landing, that you need to put yourself last or at the bottom and put those who are the least or marginalized at the top of that pyramid. Yeah, so the, the least become the greatest. Absolutely. And that is hard to think when you have that, you know, think about an upside down triangle listener where the bottom is um, the leader. And that's just so contrary to the way things are organized in our culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, if you read the book of Luke, that's what's really going on the whole time in the book of Luke. Um, And this this idea that a leader is willing to humble themselves Mm -hmm. going back to the scripture that Dave used to start off emptying out of that Jesus emptied himself out, became nothing Mm -hmm. so much so that he was even willing to go to the cross and die for us. A leader is normally the one standing on top of the pile, right? Not the one. Yeah, exactly. Hanging from across. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just, so that's a really good model of what humility is to look like. And it's very difficult because we all really want to be the one holding the trophy at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I, I thought about M- Margaret wrote a play and they performed it last night. Mm. And I think this was her first taste of what humility was like at the end of the play when the cast comes out and bow, you know, mm-hmm. does their whole bow. The director and the writer aren't on stage with oh, them. That's true. You know, they're sitting in yeah. the in the crowd watching, mm-hmm. and everyone's giving accolades to the actors, not the people who wrote the words. Mm-hmm. I saw it totally different last night mm-hmm. when I was watching it, um, and I thought she handled it really well. But yeah. Yeah, you know, we have a producer who handles that really well too he's always behind that's the scenes making it happen. that's true and uh oh, john yeah, he handles it so well thanks john let's thanks, end on john. that high note yay john yay. <laughs>
our humble producer. He's going to edit this and make it sound make beautiful. It exactly. All, exactly. Right. All right. Well, we are way over time. Sorry, listener. Hope you stuck with us. <laughs> and we will be back next week. Next week. And I am not sure what we're going to talk about, I'm but it's going to be great. It'll be great. <laughs> Have Join a great us. week, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs>